All right, guys, and welcome to the Lineup Setters. You're with your host, Justin Henry, Aaron Mukes. And today we're going to be talking a little bit of week five in the NFL, going over the matchups. Uh, but first, Aaron, I want to go over our last week's DraftKings lineup, bro. Yes, sir. It was a yes, nail biter, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was real close, man. I, it, was, it was a good one. It went down to the end, so I, it was, I enjoyed it. Man, we ended up scoring. The score was Aaron. He got the first one out of these, so one twenty four to uh, to one sixteen, and both of us had pretty similar lineups. It looked like early on you were going to win it, and then uh, had some had some late he- late game heroics from my guy Ryan Fitzpatrick, who got a, who got some love, and we both obviously uh, had a couple hits, had a couple misses. Nick Chubb going down really kind of shook things up. So, um, Aaron, any takeaways from week? four in the NFL. Uh, first thing I want to say is I'm disappointed in Sean McVay. Uh, can he just pick a running back? Cause this running back <laughs> by committee, you know, and with a matchup, with a matchup like the New York giants, I thought, I thought that, you know, Daryl Henderson would get, get a little bit more love after two good weeks. So I was really, Man, we both did obviously and got burned. Yeah. We, we were, we were kind of disappointed in that. Um, some positives though that, that I took away from uh, was Will Fuller, obviously in Houston uh, it just looks like if he's healthy, he's he's a viable option, and uh, I yeah. think both in season long and in, and in your daily lineups, I think that's a that's a huge thing going forward. And then let's talk. If we can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the zeros that were put up by oh my you know God. the the tight end position in both of our lineups with Adam swing uh, and a miss, huh? Yeah, with Troutman. So uh, that was <laughs> that was a huge disappointment there, and I, I've learned my lesson. So I'm staying away from those those reaches at tight end and. I think I'm gonna go go forward looking with the tight ends that, are, that we know are solid. So yeah, it's like you try to take a reach because you want the other positions to be a little bit more heated. Obviously, you you got that with Dalvin. Uh, didn't get what I was expecting out of Kamara, but still got the 20 point explosion there. That's what you pay for, and you take the risk of players like Trotman and Daily Football. So uh, obviously, we missed guys like Kittle, some of the bigger names that exploded for for a lot of points coming off injury. And like I said, I think. It's uh, something to mention with Nick Chubb going down. Now we have a new fantasy star in Kareem Hunt, uh, who's potentially there. And so I think we can touch a little bit on that matchup. But let's get into what we always do, and that's the matchups of the week. And I really want to go over uh, these matchups in depth because there's a lot of activity and a lot of fantasy potential when it comes to this week's matchups. So let's get right into it. The first matchup I want to talk about and I think it's a very important matchup as we get in here. When it comes to fantasy and you got Pat Mahomes on the field, you know that there's weapons. So this Chiefs-Raiders matchup to me is very interesting. Aaron, what are your thoughts so far on this, this first of all, on this Las Vegas-Raiders offense? Secondly, do you think they have what it takes to provide fantasy ma- quality fantasy matchups against the Chiefs? Uh, one, one thing I'll say is I really, really like Darren Waller in this spot. Um, we were coming off a couple of weeks ago when he faced, you know, Bill Belichick and was shut down. Uh, I think it's just a, it's, he's just a different level at tight end. I think he's right up there with the George Kittles and the Travis Kelsey's where you're firing him up every week. But for a daily option, I, I really like him here. I think you have to spend at the tight end position. Um, we talked about, you know, from from last week and learning our lesson, I think it's something that we just we you kind of have to spend. Um, otherwise, yeah. you're going to keep finding these cons- inconsistent tight ends that are, aren't just putting up any points. And then um, one other person I want to talk about is Derek Carr. I think I think he hasn't been showing a lot of love um, 
from a fantasy perspective, uh, you know, I know turnovers aren't a huge thing, but he's not turning the ball over. He's still yep. one of like four quarterbacks that doesn't have an interception, um, which in which again in in fantasy is big. You know, those saving those negative points, um, it's a big thing. And he also should be getting back one of his wide receivers. Uh, Josh Jacobs is healthy, and I think obviously it's going to be a shootout because Kansas City's going to score points. We all know that. Yeah, Oakland's, Oakland's going to be forced to put up points. I really like Derek Carr in this spot. Yeah, and it's it's tough to really find so far this season a lot of value on the Raiders. It's been really inconsistent. You saw Josh Jacobs. He's had his good weeks, his bad weeks. Uh, you never know which receiver is going to have the big game there because of the injuries. Um, but I do like Josh Jacobs also in this spot because I could see it getting to a point where um, they're trying to establish the run early against these guys, slow the pace down, and if they can have some success – I think Josh Jacobs is a good play for anybody looking fantasy-wise. He's, I would feel comfortable having him in my lineup this week, maybe not expecting the explosion performance, but getting you that consistent top-level performance. I think he has a good week this week. I'm going to swing it over to the other side of the ball. Obviously, Kansas City, uh, we know they're a high-powered offense, and when it comes to fantasy, we love that, right? Yes, um, who's your play for Kansas City this week? Uh, who are you looking at, or who are you thinking maybe could even have a bad week when it comes to this uh, Raiders matchup? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at Ceh. Um, I think if you're if you're playing DK, if you're playing DraftKings, the the price points for the running backs are amazing right now. I think they're they're really really low. You don't have the ten thousand dollar spending cap that you're getting for normally for a Christian McCaffrey. Um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is priced really well there. I really like what he's going to be able to offer. The Raiders have been getting up a ton of fantasy points to running backs. So he would be my play of the day for, uh, for he's my play of the day for DraftKings overall. He's in all my DraftKings lineups. Um, I just think he has a monster day there against um, against Vegas. And then yep. somebody that I think might be a little bit down that we're not we're not used to seeing, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I think I think he might get off to a hot start, but I think they're going to be running the ball in the second half. And I just I just kind of would stay away here. I think this is a game where he's not going to give you the return on your investment that, that he normally would. And outside of the, outside of the Baltimore game, he really hasn't looked like himself this year. Um, it's been kind of just, just a, a shy, you know, short of what he's been putting up over the past couple of seasons. So I'm kind of staying away from Patrick Mahomes. I think there's some value out there elsewhere. Um, obviously if he's in your season long lineups, you're not putting him on the bench, but from a, from a daily lineup standpoint, um, I'd probably go elsewhere in this one. Yeah, and I th that's really what I was going to echo is that this could get out of hand even early uh, if they go by a touchdown or two. Um, and I could see this being the explosion game we've been expecting for CEH. And Clyde, I mean, that's obviously that's we want that out of him. People drafted him high in their fantasy lineups, expecting a big year out of this explosive offense, knowing what Andy Reid does with running backs. And it's time. Um, he's had good games. He's had, I think he started off the season with a really great game, um, but we need to see more. And I think this might be one of those two, three touchdown games that we see. Uh, we I know we see Jamal Charles do this all the time to the Raiders, man. And I could see something very similar happening this week. Um, and the receiving threats have been kind of inconsistent too. Uh, you never know who to who to go through if it's Kelsey, if it's uh, Tyreek Hill, even Michael Harbin's having some good weeks. So um, it might be one of those things where you do stay away or you just maybe limit your expectations to what you're expecting from those guys. Let's move on to the next matchup. This uh, not as fun as that, but uh, Arizona Cardinals versus the New York Jets. We got Joe Flacco starting this game. Man. <laughs> Joe Flacco signing. Always exciting when it comes to fantasy, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game to get started? Uh, let, 
Well, I told you at the beginning of this, uh, we don't talk about the Jets much. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. There's not many fantasy relevant players there. Um, not I, at all, man. I, honestly, hey, we can skip the Jets again. I think we, we can make this a weekly trend where we're like, <laughs> hey, if we talk Jets or we talk Giants, and you're listening, if you're specifically listening for Jets or Giants, you're not getting it. Just go, pass. Go elsewhere. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to say about the Jets, though, because I think this person is fantasy relevant, and that's um, Crowder. I think this week, I think I'd stay away from Crowder as well. Uh, with Sam Sam Darnold not being there, uh, Joe Flacco hasn't played football in a long time, man. I don't I don't I don't really yeah. anticipate a whole lot there. Um, I'm just kind of not touching the Jets. With Arizona, I hope to see Kenyon Drake get back on track. Uh, but we've seen we had a scare with COVID um, in that game. We thought maybe there was a player that tested positive on the Jets, and that the game might be pushed back, um, as some of the other games have. There's talks have been, but I think you fire up your Cardinals. I think the Jets are bad. I think you fire up Kyler. You fire up D Hop and. And Kenya Drake and those guys, and and I think I think they're you're okay going that route. I think they score. Well, I want to talk about Kenyon Drake, even in this matchup too, because we, you know, I know I came strong last week and said I think this is the bounce back matchup, and, me, and he really didn't do anything. Like he was a dud, and it's not looking like, you know, he really has a chance to grow in that offense. And they also have somebody behind him who's a little hungry too, and Chase Edmonds. Yeah, you I, think that you know me personally, I'm still on the Kenyon Drake train. But this might be the last straw. This is somebody you drafted high in your fantasy lineups, maybe third round-ish type of player, maybe even second round type player, depending on how you felt about him. And so if you have him locked in as an RB1, he's definitely now down to an RB2. And this might be the week you decide if you're keeping him on your roster or he's just going to be a flex option if he has the upside to get there. So uh, definitely be careful with Kenyon Drake. And yeah, I think you're right about the the Cardinals offense. We could see some explosion happening from them uh, coming this week. Moving on, let's go Carolina and Atlanta. And I like this matchup. So I want to hear you first and then I'm going to go. Matt Ryan torches the Carolina Panthers defense. He always has a great great daily fantasy play there. Um, I really like the value. Um, There's some concerns, obviously, about Julio Jones' health. So I'm trying yes. to stay away from there, but I'm firing up Todd Gurley. I think he, you know, he had a good week last week. I think he has a, another good week this week. Uh, but I want to talk about Carolina. I think I think this Mike Davis is interesting. Um, he's starting to see the volume and the work the workload share of a Christian McCaffrey, and I think that's really important. We talk about fantasy and, and then large volumes. And Reggie Bonifant just went out. Um, they have nobody behind him. I think he sees a ton of volume, and I like Mike Davis going forward. And, and honestly, I'm not sure when Christian McCaffrey is going to come back. Um, I, I think the further they get out of the playoff picture, yep. things I don't think there's a rush to bring him back because that's their future. So I really, really like Mike Davis in this matchup, and I have, he has some appeal going forward, definitely. And this is the kind of move, so if you're a fantasy fan, right, this is this is also another part of the game is knowing when to hold somebody and knowing when to trade them too. This might be a good time to throw offers out either for Christian McCaffrey if you have a really big lead or if you're, if you're you know, struggling right now and you have Christian McCaffrey, it might be time to trade him to get the most out of him, even selling him 50% on the dollar because you don't know when he's going to come back. If this is a six-week injury, yeah, if you're in the playoffs, he has a chance maybe to change your team. But now that they also have Mike Davis, this might be an instance where they're not leaning on him so hard, where they do limit the amount of touches that he has for the rest of the season, especially depending on their record. Um, So if you have Christian McCaffrey or maybe you're trying to trade for Christian McCaffrey, just be very careful and be very wary that he might not be the player that comes back and saves your season. Um, But I do want to talk also about DJ Moore. 
And he's struggling a little bit this year. We've seen him had a big week. Uh, I think it was week two. He had a pretty big week. But we haven't seen the, the DJ more that we've been expecting. And Robbie Anderson's kind of taking that spot as the number one uh, there in that offense. You think that's just a matter of chance right now? Or do you think that's something moving forward uh, we're going to be seeing for the rest of the season? Man, I, I was thinking about this. And I'm, I'm a big DJ Moore guy. But the more I watch them play, Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson have this thing that it's, you know, you see it with quarterbacks and receivers. Yep. I, think that, I think there's like a little bit of a connection there. And I, I was, I'm not ready to quite jump off the, the DJ Moore train, but I'm real, I have some real concern. I have some real concern that he might not ever get to that, that potential that we, we thought or that he was headed towards. Uh, it's just one of those things, man. I think there's going to be weeks where he has his time, but I don't think the consistent uh, wide receiver one numbers that we were expecting, you know, being such a young receiver and, you know, with so much promise, I, I don't, I don't know if I see that happening. Yeah. Young receivers, you know, they go through inconsistent times, especially when there's a quarterback switch. And like you mentioned, sometimes the quarterback chemistry is the most important thing when it comes to this man. And uh, I don't know. I think we're all expecting a lot out of DJ Moore. I would still hold on to him if you have him. Not somebody who I would just ditch or get rid of. Uh, but it may be time to lower your expectations a little bit for DJ Moore. We'll see as the season plays out, man. Yeah, you know, you know, they paid Robbie Anderson too, so it's hard. To, it's hard not to go to a guy that you just paid. When you pay somebody, you make sure they get the rock and at least yeah. get the opportunity to make plays. And the thing is, I guess you really can't fault Robbie Anderson because he's making plays. Like Robbie Anderson, he's doing what he needs to do as the number one right now. So right. if that's the, the comfort zone for Teddy Bridgewater, you kind of got to trust it at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I like DJ Moore as a player, but I think he'll be very inconsistent. And so I think in, in fantasy, sometimes you're expecting that consistent play, especially when you're talking one or two at the running back, wide receiver, tight end position. And when you can't get the consistent, that's when things change, you know? So let's head on to this. Speaking of consistent, I want to talk about these Rams running backs, man. So let's go to these Rams Washington game. And last week, obviously, uh, both of us had Daryl Henderson in our lineups. And now we have no clue what's going on in this backfield. Cam Akers is expected back this week as well. Um, what are your thoughts on, A, this Rams backfield, and then also this matchup they have with the Redskins? Well, first of all, I, I don't think Sean McVay knows who he's going to run the ball, who's going to run the ball going into the week. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's just kind of his the way he, he runs his offense, right? It's kind yeah. of Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter whoever the hot hand is. I'm going to go with them. Um, yep. and that's Obviously, as a fantasy fan, that's very, very frustrating. Um, if I had to pick a guy right now, I'd still the lead guy to me is still Daryl Henderson. I think he's shown to be the most explosive at this point. But I think yeah. throwing Cam, Cam Akers back in the mix is going to be is going to be something to watch. Um, against the Washington football team, we saw quarterback switch. They decided to go away from Dwayne Haskins and you know throw in Kyle Allen. Um, I'm concerned about that for a Terry McLaurin. Um, yes, partially because Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen didn't show much at the end of last year, and Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins played together in college. They had a connection. Um, and I was really, I was really liking what I was seeing from him. So I'm, I have concerns about Terry McLaurin going forward, but I really, really like what I've seen from Antonio Gibson and the amount. I knew of it. I knew it was coming. Yeah, I knew it was a matter of time before this happened <laughs> over there uh, with the Washington Football Team. And I think, I think it's only going to get more and more. Um, he's only going to get more and more involved um, as we move forward throughout the year. So I really like what I'm seeing from Antonio Gibson. So if you have him and you either paid for him or you've been holding on to him. Get ready because he's about to see his time. This is your moment. 
No, man, I, and it's that quarterback change, obviously, when uh, it's it's funny because when you go from rookie to a veteran, sometimes you're like, okay, that's the move that we wanted. But in fantasy, this is clearly not the move that anybody has Terry McLaurin wanted. Um, and it's going into a tough matchup this week, probably have Jalen Ramsey draped all over him at some point in the game. Um, so I would stay away. This is a stay away from McLaurin and just kind of evaluate how they're going to be using him. Um, I do like Logan Thomas now. I think that uh, we saw Kyle Allen and uh, Carolina go to the tight end a little bit, and I like what they're going to do. They're already getting Logan Thomas involved in the offense, so I like what the Redskins are able to do with Logan Thomas. Um, I'm not a fan of this switch at all, and so I don't know. I doesn't sound like they're going back to Haskins anytime soon. Uh, shoot, I'd almost rather see Alex Smith in this offense, to be honest, man. Uh, That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then on the, on the other side of the ball, the Rams, man, uh, I think this would be a big passing attack game for them. Um, I can see them. I can see golf getting airing it out. Cooper Cup having a big day. Also, Robert Woods having a big day. You might even see some tight end play here. I think that anybody in the Rams offense right now, you can fire up very comfortably for this weekend. Um, you know, I, I'm I like the matchups and I do not like what the running back situation is right now. If I had to pick one out of all three, um, I think I would stay away from Cam Akers. Just because even though I think he's the best runner out of them all, it doesn't seem like McVay really wants to put him in the position right now to be the lead back. And I also would uh, go with Henderson, man. I think that that's the back right now to own. Of course, you never know with, with the way they're running their offense right now that we could be having a whole different conversation next week, man. Yeah, it seems they switch it up week to week. Uh, Malcolm Brown might get two touchdowns today. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> We're looking like idiots here next week. We're like, oh, well, Malcolm Brown it is. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Philly and Pittsburgh, man. So we got the Steelers and the Eagles playing. And um, should be a good matchup as far as fantasy is concerned. Uh, the, the Steelers are back in play. We get to see them again coming off of a bye, uh, COVID bye. But yeah. we have we have the Steelers here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Steeler offense? Because last time we saw them, they, they had a few little weapons that they were showing off there. Yeah, I like I like the Deontay Johnson today. I really I really think Deontay Johnson um, is taking that next step um, as a receiver. You know, there's kind of been this this struggle between Juju and him to who's going to be the next guy. Um, I don't want to say the next Antonio Brown. Obviously, there's nobody that's going to do that, but the next guy who's going to be the official number one. And yeah. Juju's, Juju's had some inconsistencies, and I just really like the um, athletic ability of Deontay Johnson. Um, he can light him up in the slot outside. He he just makes plays. So I, I'm really interested to see. Um, how they kind of incorporate him going forward, but I, I think I think he's somebody that should be in all lineups. Um, yep. you know, the guy I want to talk about though the most is James Conner. When he's on the field and he's playing the snaps and he's healthy, he's been productive. It's keeping him on the field that's obviously been the issue. Um, I, I like this matchup. I think he's going to get a, a lot of action out of the backfield. The the Ben checkdowns. Um, he, the Phillies defensive line is really, really good. So there's going to be a lot of pressure. Ben's going to have to get rid of the ball quick. I can, I think we could see six or seven catches from him, um, but not a whole lot behind him. Uh, maybe we get an Anthony McFarland signing, but, but I doubt it. And on the Philly side, I'm staying away from, um, from miles. I, I think miles Sanders is a, a hell of a running back, but that Pittsburgh defense, man, is stout against the run. And I, I think they're going to be all over that Eagles offense today. Eagles offense hasn't looked very, very good. Yeah. And even with a, a miracle win against the Niners last week, Carson Wentz, you know, made a couple of plays. But offensively, they haven't looked that sharp. So I'm staying away from Philly's offense. Yeah, and to be honest, they haven't looked good. And they did come off a win. Sometimes momentum is the thing <clears throat> that you need in order to get going. 
Uh, for Philly, I do like a bounce back here for Zach Ertz. He's faced a couple of tough lineups when it comes to defending the tight end. And I think people are really straying away from him right now. They're probably looking at him like as somebody, uh, does he still have it? Is this time to trade him? It's week five now. Uh, but I really think this is a good bounce back spot for uh, Zach Ertz. He's, Wentz is going to be having pressure in his face all day. We know that they're going to be stout against the run. He's going to have to get the ball out quick. And I think that the safety valve that he's always gone to is Zach Ertz. And we always see this with him. There's one blow-up game that kind of makes him consistent uh, when it comes to the season. So I think this might be a good a good spot for Zach Ertz. Um, and I do want to talk about a dynasty player that I really like. Uh, has that Martavis Bryant mold, and that's Chase Claypool. Okay, okay. Chase I like Claypool. It. I think that... You know, when you have the wheels, Ben will find a way to get it to you, whether that's one time a game, two times a game, three times a game. You don't know. But there's potential for blow up weeks there when it comes to this season in fantasy. Just having them on in your lineup and your flex, especially if you're thinking like uh, DraftKings. That's a when you're playing a tournament, Chase Claypool might be the player that gets you to the top of that tournament bracket. And when it comes to Dynasty, you know that Ben is going to get him at least uh, some of those deep bombs. It just depends on how long Ben plays. But Chase Claypool, to me, has all the makings of a player that Ben is going to rely on uh, for the near future, at least. So when you said there's only one, you know, there's nobody else behind uh, Juju and Deontay Johnson. I like Chase Claypool. I said, don't forget about him, man. I think yeah, he has potential for big blow-up weeks here later in the season. I think that's a great point, especially with the tournament play. You're always looking for that one guy that's capable of, you know, going for 120 and two touchdowns. Um, that's not going to be used, you know, utilizing a lot of uh, percentage of lineups. And, and Chase Claypool definitely has that ability. And Big Ben likes to go deep, so we know that he likes to throw the rock. Yeah, and what are your thoughts on Philly, man? Because we've seen a lot of inconsistency from them, too, and they, they really haven't looked like – good this year and Wentz um is a player that a lot of people probably drafted as their QB one in this scenario and he hasn't I mean he hasn't really looked the part and there's a lot of concern with uh within the community the football community obviously is he the long-term guy for them and they also just drafted a running back what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts potentially taking over this offense at some point in the season I've been very very vocal about this I think Wentz has regressed significantly um, I think it was a, a huge blow to him when Frank Wright left that offense. I think that was kind of his safety blanket, and he just utilized him in a certain way. Uh, I have I have serious doubts about Carson Wentz's ability to be the team's quarterback going forward, and mainly not because of the his actual quarterback ability, but I think he puts a lot on his shoulders and he tries to make every play be the the game winning play, and he tends to make a lot of mistakes, turning the ball over, holding the ball too long trying to make every play, you know, be the, the best play of the game. And I think that that struggle that he's dealing with is in his mind. And I think it's, we've seen him just go backwards. Um, and yeah. I, I would say this, I will say this though. If Jalen Hurts was performing in practice and wasn't, you know, hearing the things about fumbling the football in practice and throwing picks, I think there would already be more talks of it, but he's, he's not the most accurate guy. He's not the most, you know, he's not the most, um, knowledgeable quarterback we, we talked about this coming into the league so I still think there's a gap there I still think Carson Wentz is the guy there but I'm, I'm for a fantasy value I think we all expected much bigger things from Carson Wentz and I don't think we're gonna get it unfortunately we did man and um I don't know I the the Jalen Hurts thing to me is one of those is he a league winner is he a Lamar Jackson is he a Kyler Murray does he come in and just start making plays that we didn't expect we saw him throw him in the lineup last week on a on a long, long, what was it, third or fourth down? It was like third and 35, and he's out there just making plays. So you never know when it comes to Hurts. 
Uh, but let's move on, man. Let's move on to the Cincinnati Baltimore Ravens game. Um, what's your thoughts on this Baltimore lineup? So obviously Lamar Jackson has been putting up the, the, the video game numbers as we've come to expect from him. He was out for a couple days this week in practice as well. Obviously it was, they said it was an illness. We'll find out today how much, if it was really an illness or if it was something limiting him. Um, but this Ravens offense has been, um, you know, you haven't known who to expect out the backfield, the receiving threats. Mark Andrews finally had his game. We've yet to see really Hollywood Brown take that next step after adding 15 pounds of muscle this year. What are your thoughts on this Ravens offense? It's been a little bit, not slow, I wouldn't say, but for fantasy, we're expecting a little bit more, I would say, out of this Ravens offense. Honestly, I think think we're seeing what we're going to get from them. I don't think there's a... I think Mark Andrews is the every every week play. I think he's going to be the most consistent one as far as pass catchers. We're never going to be able to decide what running back to play. Um, I think they're using the committee, and I think you play Lamar. I don't think there's a guy. I think it's just the way their offense is built. I don't think there's a guy every week you're like, oh, this guy's going to score, or this guy's going to score. They're going to score 30 points, and there's going to be one one or two fantasy-relevant players. Right. And the only consistent ones are going to be Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. And I've kind of... I've sold all my stock of the Ravens backfield as far as, you know, when it comes to daily and, and year long uh, fantasy value, obviously I like JK Dobbins going forward. Um, Hollywood Brown has some appeal like in dynasty leagues and stuff like that. But this year right now I'm, I'm not in for the, the Baltimore Ravens offense outside of Mark Andrews and Lamar. Yeah. Mark Andrews, obviously he's going to be there, but you know, even we were talking about him last week and like having, you know, some, some slower weeks. And I think when you got, uh, Lamar Jackson, and he's not throwing for five touchdowns in a game. He's not going to be able to be throwing for 300, 400 yards. He's going to be doing a lot of it on his legs. The, the Ravens are going to trust the ground game a lot. And obviously when you're splitting carries three-headed monster-wise, you got Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, and J.K. Dobbins there in the backfield. It's tough to know who is going to trust, just like we're talking about here with the Rams. It's like they're going to lean on the run. You know Lamar is going to run. All three of those backs are going to get carries. There's not a whole lot to go around and. And when you're talking about receivers, I'm sure Hollywood Brown will have a game where we're like, oh, he's back. But there's nobody really consistent there that that we can trust on offense. And uh, it's kind of tough because we expected a lot of like I think we expected that next level growth, that kind of that step up from this offense in terms of the passing game. And it's just it's really not there. Um, And they're going up against today. They're going up against a team, a Bengals team. Um, that has a few different weapons. It could end up being a little bit more firepower than we think, man. We saw Joe Mixon go off last week after I had a few words for Joe Mixon and what I thought about him. He's like, you know what? Let me turn it to the tune of 40 fantasy points here. What are your thoughts on this Bengals uh, lineup? This Who do, who are we playing? Who are we missing? What are your thoughts? Excited to see Joe Mixon have a game. Uh, we talked about it last week how he had been a disappointment, but he'd been a slow starter in, in previous seasons. And um, if they could, you know, start blocking a little bit better and we've seen it, what he's capable of when he, when he's on. So um, even going to a game where they, you know, put him on the injury report and we weren't sure how much he was going to play. He came right. out, he showed, he showed everybody. So like Joe Mixon, I'm back on the Joe Mixon uh, <laughs> bandwagon. I'm glad I didn't hey, that's sell him fantasy, off. right? You're like, no, I hate yeah. this guy. I'm, I'm off the train. And you're like, you know what? He actually proved me wrong last week, man. I'm going to stick with him. He still got it. He still got it. So um, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't sell him off in some leagues. But I'm really excited about T. Higgins, man. I think um, in the same kind of conversation, I'm not excited about A.J. Green. He looks older. Man. He looks slower. He, looks, he just looks like there's a disconnect there. I think they're more using him as a, as a veteran presence. 
but I'm really uh, I'm really there for T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins has looked outstanding. Um, he's been running good routes, which was a question mark they talked about coming into it. How you know how how his ability to route run was was going to come into play. And Joe Burrow seems to to like going to him, so I'm I'm excited for him, and I like his value moving forward. Uh, long term dynasty, you got a receiver. If you got T. Higgins, long term, that's your guy right now. Um, I, I really like what he's doing. Tyler Boyd's playing well over there. But you're right, A.J. Green is a mold shell of his former self. Kind of what we're seeing at uh, T.Y. Hilton out there in, in Indy, too, man. It's like these the, the old faithfuls are starting to go away. And A.J. Green's a player, I, I don't even know if at this point if he's really rosterable, um, just with what they have there going on. And, yeah, Joe Mixon, I liked. Um, he's back. Obviously, he's back. I think, you know, he jumped the gun a little bit. And that's something we talked about last week, too, is finding those players that, uh, people are ready to jump the gun on because it's only four or five weeks into the season. There was no preseason. Some of these guys are going to take a little bit of time and they get hot. They get hot at the right time and they have cold spells. It's just, are we seeing their cold spell right now? Or is that the real player that they are? It's a tough part to determine. Uh, and I think when it comes to Joe Mixon, we know what kind of back he is. We know what we've seen. Um, there's going to be some inconsistency at time, but he's still that, that, that running back he drafted probably mid to low RB1, high-end RB2, just depending on where you have them, and he'll get you the production you're looking for. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important you mention that, um, You kind of knowing when to let somebody go, right? Uh, yeah. I, dropped, I dropped A.J. Green in pretty much everything I drafted. It's in. hard, man, because he's it's, done so much for us over the years, man. You, you almost think you're committing a crime, right? You're like, uh, <laughs> I'm dropping A.J. And then, of course, you don't want to be that guy where the league's laughing at you because you dropped him and then – you know, in two weeks, he's now wide receiver five in the league. He starts to produce. Um, but I think, I think guys with AJ Green, I think, I think it's time. I think in this situation right now, not having played in a year and a half, uh, I just think the value is is not gonna not gonna be there. So I'm gonna say it. I'll take I'll take the blame. I'm letting them go. So if you have them, let, let them go. Hey. Blame me and the. I'll take the heat. Sometimes you got clear hands of these guys and, you know, you draft them at certain spots, but then you find those, um, you know, those gems, you find those gems in the draft that either you drafted really late or that you didn't draft at all. And one of those guys that we're talking about as an RB one slash RB two right now is James Robinson in this Jaguars Texans matchup coming up. James Robinson's kind of taken over this fantasy land, man, as, as a true workhorse back that we did not expect heading into fantasy drafts. And he's here to stay. Uh, you can see why they got rid of Fournette. He can tr literally do it all. Uh, like the way that he runs, man. He runs with power and authority. What are your thoughts on the Jacksonville offense going up against this Texans team and James Robinson, man? Well, Texans have one of the worst run defenses in football. James Robinson's in a lot of my lineups. Um, big on James Robinson right now. I think he's one of those guys you look at and you're like, ah, is he going to keep it up over the first you know, five weeks he's been good or four weeks he's been good? I think he has it in him. Um, a lot of it is to do with the, the offense in Jacksonville. Obviously, he's seeing all the volume. I thought Chris Thompson would take passing down duties from him, but it looks like Doug Rohn really likes what he offers. And now we know why they traded Fournette or got rid of Fournette. It's yep. released him. Uh, it's, he, was, he was being honest when he went up there and said, the best guy in our locker room won the job. And James Robinson's shown that he looks like he's the best guy. And we haven't seen much out of Fournette in Tampa. And I think um, I think there's something to be said about that. I, I like Robinson a lot here. Yeah, and you mentioned running the football against this Texans team. Um, I also think that we should be looking at LaVisca Chenault as a sleeper play this week because they not only give him the ball, obviously, through the air, they get him the ball in different ways. 
and we know he's exciting. He's exciting to watch, man. And they use him in a lot of different formats. And I could see them running a couple trick plays against this Houston team that doesn't really look good on defense, man. And to be honest, they don't look really good on offense either. Uh, Deshaun Watson is not what we've expected him to be this year. And he really doesn't have a whole lot um, of time right now to throw. And there's coaching change that just happened too. Uh, Bill O'Brien is no longer part of this Houston, Texas team. You think they can write the ship? They they had their moments last week. Obviously, you played Will Fuller, and it was a great a great hit for daily fantasy. But is this a legitimate offense that we can trust some of these guys? You can trust a Randall Cobb or David Johnson. Like Houston, are they legit or do we got a problem? No pun intended. Like I'm not Houston, we got a problem. But like, is there a problem with the Texans, or do you think they can fi- get it figured out? I'm, I'll say it, Houston. We got a problem. I think <laughs> I think the offensive line is still a problem. And I could held that one, man. Until <laughs> until the offensive line is fixed, um, Deshaun Watson's going to struggle. I think you know we see he'll he'll do what Deshaun Watson does, right? He has all the athletic ability, all the talent in the world. We know he's that next you know guy right under Patrick Holmes that everybody wants to to bring up there. But the inconsistencies has come from the fact that he's running for his life every week. He doesn't have a solid running game. They haven't committed to the run. And I think, like um, like I said before, it was about time Bill O'Brien left. I don't know how much the change is going to affect him this year. That's the problem. Um, how much are they actually going to change offensively? What are they going to do, right? They can't do too much this year. So I'm, I'm still off on Houston this, this year. But I think going forward, um, future years, dynasty plays, I think, I think he'll get that value back. Depending on who they hire, I think, I think they'll get it figured out. But this year, I'm not. I'm off on uh, the David Johnsons. There's no offensive line play there. Um, I'm off on Deshaun Watson at whatever you drafted him as. I don't think you get the return on investment. Um, but I am excited for Will Fuller. You know, at least for eight games while he's healthy. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Because I I got some Deshaun Watson stock. I'm a huge uh, Deshaun Watson fan, man. And it's tough to see what they're going through right now. Um, and I don't see an easy solution for it, man. It doesn't look like they're truly he's truly comfortable back there. It doesn't look like there's really a solution for this offense. Before we get into these afternoon games, want to make sure you guys are tuned into the lineup setters every week. We're here 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Drop your questions. Do you have questions for your fantasy lineup? Are we not talking about the players that you want to hear most? Uh, Your daily lineups, dynasty lineups, you name it. Fantasy-wise, the lineup setters are here to help you win your fantasy weeks and win some cash when it comes to daily. Tune into the lineup setters every week, every Sunday. Let's get into these afternoon games. Talk about the Miami Dolphins, my boy Ryan Fitzpatrick, (laughs) Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, They're playing, leading us off in this afternoon, man. What do you like about this Niners offense with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, George Kittle's back, Debo's back, Raheem Mostert's either back this week or back next week. They're starting to get the guys back. And coming off a loss to the Eagles, man, um, I don't know, man. It's, it's something about this Niner offense, when it comes to fantasy at least, something about this Niner offense that's not rubbing me the right way, man. Um, I will say I, I think it's good to have Jimmy G back. I think that'll that'll help a lot um, in that Niners offense. Obviously, we've seen the, the Nick Mullins hype after a couple of weeks playing the Giants <laughs> and the Jets. And let's be honest, they're the Giants and the Jets. We don't even talk about them very much. Um, but obviously, the man here is George Kittle. We've seen it last week, even in a loss. George Kittle's hands down the best tight end in football. He's seen the, he sees a ton of targets. George, I mean, George Kittle is, I, I can't, I don't have enough superlatives to, to, 
to talk about George Kittle. I'm, <laughs> I'm a Niner hater, but George Kittle is that guy. So yeah, um, I, I I really like him. You're never you're obviously never benching him, but I like him this week actually in a daily play as well. Even though he's going to be the most expensive tight end on the board, I just think at tight end you have to get that you have to get that return, um, and I think it's worth it. I mean, he's again he's he's producing at wide receiver one numbers at tight end. So if you're paying six thousand plus for a tight end of that caliber and you're getting wide receiver one numbers, I think it's something that um, that you take a look at. And what do you think about, this is kind of a side note before I get into my thoughts on this Niner offense, what do you think about like chasing players too? Because we saw, you know, early on in the season, if you missed out on Calvin Ridley's big games, you missed out because you had to have them in your lineups. Um, but what do you think about chasing players that have big weeks and in spots too? Because a lot of times there's, you know, when you're, you're playing in a tournament, you have to kind of go outside the box, contrarian, but then you can't miss a player like George Kittle if he has a 40-point for, uh, performance. What are your thoughts on, like, chasing that hot week moving into the next week? Uh, I tend to only chase week, chase hot weeks for consistent players. And something like a George Kittle where, yeah, I don't expect him to put up 40 again, but I do expect him to have a really good day. And, right. if it, you know, if it was somebody – um, for instance, the Mo Alley Coxes of the world at the tight end position, who who's been okay, but he's had this week where yeah. he goes, he gets 100 yards and two touchdowns. I'm probably he ain't not Kittle. Yeah, he's not George Kittle. He hasn't been consistent. I'm not going to chase those weeks. But for guys like George Kittle, um, you know, we've seen it in past with Julio Jones is of the world. Um, I'm I'm going to chase. I, I will chase those guys, especially when they have a good matchup in front of them. And I think right now the Dolphins is a good matchup. They've been banged up in the secondary. Xavier Howard will be on one side. Byron Jones, who knows if he's even going to play today. Um, they've been banged up back there, and I, I think there's another good spot here uh, for, for Kittle to go off. Yeah, and I was one of the players that I was chasing early in uh, Daily Fantasy was Raheem Mostert. Uh, he was having those big weeks, and then obviously he got hurt in the game. Um, but Jarek McKinnon has really stepped up, and I'm not sure, man, when we get back, if we're going to have a Raheem Mostert, like heavy carry type of backfield, or if it's going to be more split carries, or if Jarek even takes over the, the the throne at some point, man. He's looked like a real threat. He looks good, dude. Um, what do you think? You think Mostert or McKinnon or a combo of both those we're going to be seeing here for the rest of the year? Let, let's be honest. This is this is Kyle Shanahan's uh, like niche, right? He he has yeah. a way. He has a way of oh, it's one guy, and then two weeks later, it's like you know what? Maybe it's not one guy. We saw it in in Atlanta when he had Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. Yeah, uh, we've seen it with the 49ers when it started with Tevin Coleman. It was Matt Breida, Raheem Mostert, like all these guys, and he Man. tends to ride that hot hand. So McKinnon's been hot. Unfortunately, Mostert got hurt. I don't. I, if if anything, I see McKinnon getting a split, right? More touches yeah. because you've seen. I still see how you go him. away from it, man. He's looked explosive and coming off that knee injury. I didn't, I didn't expect it. I mean, he hasn't really played in two years and it's, he, he looks explosive. So I, I expect uh, McKinnon to continue to see touches and Mostert's going to kind of have to work his way back and earn. I mean, he's really going to have to earn that, that, that number one spot all over again. And who knows if he's going to be able to do it. That's the NFL for you, man. Opportunity, injury, sometimes it's just the name of the game. And going up against this Dolphins defense, obviously a Niners, they're, they're probably going to be having a run script here. But I expect the, the Dolphins to still play their game, uh, which is obviously airing the football out, trying to come back in uh, late game situations when they're down. Uh, do you like anybody on this Dolphins offense to have a big day today? Uh, before before we get to the Dolphins office, I got a question. Do we see a two yeah. sighting? Do we do a two? Do we see a two sighting in this game? 
I I don't think so. I think if you know what I am excited about too, and I do think that at some point in the season we're gonna see him, but I think it's too early. I'm not sure that we see him in this game yet, but I think you're spot on. There's a two sighting coming very soon, and I know he's gonna be ready, man. Like I think that two is somebody in dynasty. If you have him, you got to be super excited about what's gonna come because you know that the Dolphins got to throw him in there at some point. You know it's going to happen. And it's, defi- it's definitely coming. I-, I see it. I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking this week. I thought you think last this week. week? I-, I thought last week they'd make the move. I think this week there's a chance we see them in the game. If the Niners, I if hope this so. One, if this one gets out of hand, which I, I think it might, I think the Niners are going to come back ready after losing last week. I think it might get out of hand. I think that switch might happen. If not this week, I think next week starter is Tua. And next which, week which, Tua. Hey, I could. I would it love to see next week too, and and uh, are they at home next week? Because I think they're uh, in San Francisco I, this week. I, they're they're in San Francisco this week. I think next week they are at home, which you yeah. know, obviously, uh, no, you know what? They're on the road against Denver next Denver. week. Denver, yeah. But okay. I, I I just think it's almost time, right? It's like okay, we're yeah. we're falling out of it. Uh, we've seen the Ryan Fitzpatrick show. Obviously, everybody loves uh, Fitz Magic, but I, I I think I think we see something here. And then I want to talk about Miles Gaskin, who. Yeah, I, I actually like in the, in this matchup. I think, you know, the Dolphins are going to throw the ball, but I think the Niners are going to get some pressure on the quarterback, and I think we're going to see the little dump offs to Miles Gaskin. He's looked really good, um, which which is interesting because coming into the season, they go trade for Matt Breida, they bring in Jordan Howard. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's going to be a one two combo, and then Miles Gaskin, who was there last year, um, who actually ran well at the end of last year, you know, takes still takes over uh, both of those guys. So. Um, I, I like him in this. I like him in this matchup as well, dude. Back when I was working for Pro Football Focus, I used to watch the Washington games all the time, man. And Miles Gaskins, he stuck out, man, because that was the same time like Kareem Hunt was kind of coming along. And I remember telling one of our buddies, Dan, I remember talking to him, saying, "Hey, look, like you got to watch this guy, Miles Gaskins, especially when it comes to dynasty, because he has to play." So uh, for those dynasty guys, don't always give up on your players too, because Miles Gaskins, a guy was. I think it was what seventh round draft pick, yep. like really low drafted, didn't really have an opportunity. Don't always give up on your talent evaluations because sometimes all it takes is the right opportunity for them to thrive, man. And so don't be so quick to give up on those players, especially that year one, year two, because it may not be their, just their turn yet. But you see with running backs, especially, man, the minute they get their opportunity, if they come in and you've done your due diligence, you trust the, the, the tape, trust the tape, because if they get the opportunity, it'll play out, man. Yeah, you can you can see it with running backs, especially. It's it's one of those things where when somebody has that natural ability, when they're given the opportunity, um, I, I think you can you like you said, don't give up on him. You have, I mean, we're talking dynasty. You got thirty man benches or however deep. Um, leave them on the end of your bench. Don't give up on them until until you know. I mean, there's a comes a point in every person's career where you're like, this guy's a journeyman. Has been on four teams, hasn't played. Uh, but you know, Miles Gaskin was in Miami the entire time, and and then we saw it at the end of last year. He ran well, and you're like, man, there's something there. Um, he just has to get a coach that believes in him and gives him the opportunity. Yeah, man. We're running up. So we got about 15 minutes left in our show. And we got like six more games to go through. So let's go rapid fire through these last six games so we can get to our matchup. Because that's what really matters, man. I got to beat well, got, you this week. I got some breaking news before we get to that breaking news. Um, the New England game has been postponed. Oh, there's, man. There's been a uh, COVID outbreak in the New England uh, facility so the game has been postponed to next week so they've the one that was supposed to be played monday has been postponed and then we also have questions regarding the tennessee game where more positive tests this morning have come out and they're still scheduled to play on tuesday but be looking out because it looks like there might be 
another postponement there. They're talking about they've temporarily closed their facilities. So we might not even have those games this weekend. Uh, we told you guys before COVID's going to play a role, uh, but they've pushed the, the New England game back, and now there's questions about the Tennessee game as well. Okay, and then before we get into these next four games and then we'll talk about, we'll skip over those two. Let's let's get to these other four games. We'll do a rapid fire with them, but what are you doing as a fantasy commissioner in this situation? Because this is the tough part. This is the tough part when you have postponements, especially on the day of games, and we're probably going to see more of this until there's some type of official procedure. What are you doing as a commissioner and then as a player of the league uh, what are you expecting your commissioner to do in this situation? Because this is tough, man. This is tough for anybody who's who's managing over the league. If you don't have a game plan in place, which obviously the NFL doesn't have something super, super structured right now. If you don't have a game plan in place, um, what are some things that you can do to kind of counter these potential COVID outbreaks and cancellations or postponements of games? So we've seen announcements from most of the platforms about, you know, how they're how they're handling this, the scoring and what weeks they'll go for. As a commissioner, I commissioner a number of leagues, a couple of dynasty leagues, some keeper leagues, and then redraft leagues. I'm allowing people to have alternates or substitutes for any games that are in question. So we've heard about the Bills. We've heard about the Bills, uh, Titans, the Patriots, Broncos. Any of those games that are in question, um, I will reach out to the league members and I will have them submit a replacement player who's on their roster who they will take the scoring of if the game is canceled. Um, or you know, postponed to a different. If it's postponed to a different week, um, then they will be treated as a buy. But if it is actually canceled for that week, um, we're seeing it Sunday morning, right? There's a cancellation or something's in question. Send me a player who you will be receiving the scoring from uh, if that person is is out because of a, a COVID related um, illness or because of the game being postponed. And then as a as a player of the league, I just want the commissioner to be you know communicate. Um, I think communication is important. You got to be able to, you know, announce to your league what's going on. Um, so as soon as we get off of this, I'm going to go announce to my leagues, you know, <laughs> what we're going to do for the weekend. And I think as long as you have that open line of communication and there's an expectation and it's treated across the board, um, I think people are happy. Obviously, we just have to be accepting that this is 2020 and we have to be open and accepting to everything uh, because I don't see it changing anytime soon. So it's fantasy. We, we've, we've dealt with it before and we'll get through it, but we're going to continue to grind and we'll make it work. It's been a it's been a crazy year when it comes to fantasy in real life too. So just a little bit of unexpected things, but I think as long you're right, as long as everybody's communicating and everybody's doing their part when it comes to knowing what the expectations are, not trying to blame somebody because something went wrong and your lineup was affected, not trying to, to say, oh, the commissioner's doing anything. As long as there's open communication in your league, if there's any postponements of games, um, I think that that's the the way to solve things. So. Pats, Broncos, Bills, Tennessees. Make sure if you have alternates for your lineups in those games um, in case they do get postponed. Rapid fire for the last four games. Pick one player on either side. Colts, Browns. Who do you like in this matchup on either side? Kareem Hunt, no doubt. Kareem Hunt. Uh, Kevin Stefanski's offense. Kareem Hunt's going to see a ton of volume, even against a good defense. Fire up Kareem Hunt. I like uh, on the other side of the ball. I like Zach Pascal, man. I I think that's a good spot for him. I think he's evolved to be their number one receiver. He's seeing more snaps than any other receiver, and obviously they're a run heavy team there in in Indy. But um, I like his spot in this game because T. Y. Hilton obviously non factor, and they have no other real receiving options outside their tight end. So um, I like Zach Pascal in this spot. Moving on, 
Vikings, Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings and Seahawks, which has potential to be a shootout here on Sunday night, man. Can I say everybody? <laughs> everybody, fire them up. This is fire my, up this everybody is, on, on both teams. Both teams. This is my highest scoring game of the week. I think uh, this is fantasy gold. Uh, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, Dalvin Cook, uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Fire them all up. Love it. Love it. Love it. Captain Kirk too, right? Captain Kirk too. Fire them up. They said he's the uh, Sunday night champion, so we're going to find out. They said he's the number one player in what Sunday is, night football over the last decade. What is it? How you like me now? Or, like, yeah, no, how you, you like, like me that? now? You like that? You like that? <laughs> Monday night, Denver, New England has been postponed. Breaking news here on the lineup setter, so if you have anybody in that lineup, make sure you have alternates for that lineup. Denver Broncos, New England Patriots postponed due to COVID breakout. Monday Night Football, Chargers and the Saints are last game before we get into daily fantasy. Who do you like in this game? Um, Alvin Kamara, obviously. Um, Kamara is a guy that's always in the in the lineup, but I, I think the return of Michael Thomas. I think Miles, Michael Thomas comes out, and he's they've struggled the past couple of weeks offensively. Michael Thomas is the guy I'm watching here. I think he gets back to form, and I think that offense starts to look like the Saints offense of old. Now, do you put him in your lineup? Because he's obviously coming back off serious injury. Are you putting Michael Thomas in your lineup? No doubt. Michael Thomas is healthy and says he's playing. That dude's a gamer. He wanted to be on the field last week. Uh, he's going in my lineup this week. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen on the other side, man. Somebody on Monday Night Football, something to prove. I know Michael Thomas is out there on the field, but that's a guy that always feels slighted. Uh, and I think in big matchups, he always comes to play, especially when there's another wide receiver that he feels that he's probably either comparable to or better than. And I know that Keenan Allen is probably looking over there like, hey, I'm the best receiver on this field. I expect Keenan Allen to put on a show for Monday Night Football. And again, Buffalo Bills, Tennessee Titans is in danger of being postponed. So make sure you have alternates for that lineup. Let's get into our matchup. I need redemption, man. Daily fantasy, I need redemption against you, man. An eight-point loss is something. I don't know if I can take too many of those, man. Be before we get into that, let's uh we got we got some questions. We got a question in the comment uh that I want to point out. Um, needing to start two players out of OBJ, Juju, Robert Woods, and Calvin Ridley from Firefighter 1526. Um, I want to get into this question because I I honestly had a had a similar uh conundrum um with three of these players, and I needed to start two of them. Um, so I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I'll tell you my, I'll actually, you know what? I want you to go first. Tell me who you would start here. Uh, full PPR. Which two are you starting in this, in these matchups? Yeah. So obviously the scariest of the options is OBJ to me, um, maybe Juju, but I'm actually putting in OBJ in this spot. And I like OBJ. After he looks healthy to me and the, the defining thing for me is that they're looking for ways to get him involved in the offense, whether it happens again or not, like it did against Dallas and terrible defense there. I'm not sure, but what I think is that they're looking to find ways to get him involved. And Nick Chubb being out obviously is going to change that offense. I do like OBJ as my first option. Second option, I like Calvin Ridley in this game. I think he had a bad week last week. Good bounce back spot for him here. Um, interesting you bring up OBJ. I don't like OBJ in this situation. I think playing against that Pittsburgh defense uh, – I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh defense. Um, playing against that defense, I just think – I think we've seen two high weeks from him. I just think it's going to be kind of inconsistent – um, Baker Mayfield's shown to be inconsistent. I, I would stay away from OBJ here against the number one defense in Indianapolis. Um, I got Calvin Ridley as well. So I think Calvin Ridley, you fire him up. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan's known to torch Carolina. And then I like Robert Woods here. 
Yeah. So I, I would go Bob Woods. and He'd, I would my, go, he'd be my third. Yeah, I'd go Bob Woods and Calvin Ridley. Uh, Firefighter 1526. Hopefully that, you know, you can choose from one of those. Obviously, Calvin Ridley was for both of us. Get him in your lineup, and good luck this week. Well, now we can get into our lineup. So hopefully that helped out. Now we can get into our lineup. And I'm going to go first this week. Last week, I think you were first. I'm going to go first this week and fire off my lineup. Hopefully, we don't have too many of the same players again like we did last week. I think we had two or three players last week that were the exact same. Yes, sir. So at the quarterback position, you mentioned firing them up. You like that. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Mr. Sunday Night Football, is in my lineup at a great price point for quarterbacks, $5,900. I uh, definitely think that Seattle can't stop anybody right now. No Jamal Adams out there on the field. So we will get a lot of Captain Kirk. Um, at my running back position, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And we got him at a great price as well. $6,800 for your top running back. I cannot be mad at that. I expect a big game out of him today. Antonio Gibson in at my RB2, $5,000 for him today. Um, I like him. I think that obviously we talked about that. I think Antonio Gibson has a good game today. Continuing the Sunday night football trend, DK Metcalf in my lineup. Uh, he had He stepped out on last week, stepped out out of bounds with the one. He threw away another football uh, before that. So I think today, get right game, man. We got DK going in there scoring heavy. Uh, mentioned Zach Pascal, too. Uh, so got him in there at 4,900 or 4,600, excuse me, uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Adam Thielen. So I got the Minnesota stack there at 7,000. Man, you playing all these Sunday night games. I got to wait to find out if I win. Man, you know what? I We actually missed the game, too. I really like Evan Ingram in the spot against a Cowboy offense. We didn't even talk about your team, man. Before we get into the rest of the lineup, actually, when we finish the lineup, we got to go into to Giants-Dallas, though, after my lineup. I like Evan Ingram in this matchup. Uh, really think that he has a, a good bounce back week. If you've been holding on to Evan Ingram, this is the last week I hold him. If he does not do anything here, he's a drop candidate, he's a trade candidate, whatever you can get out of him, make it happen. In the flex, I got... Uh, Mike Davis there, and I really think that that's a good, strong play, too. For somebody who's a, a high-end running back to get him at $6,400, it feels like it can't miss. And in the last, I threw the threw up a defense, man, and I don't feel very confident in it. Washington football team, um, it was just a cheap defense that I could get in there, potentially get some sacks, possibly a turnover. Uh, Washington football team defense is in there. I'm not sure it's a strong play at all, but that's the amount of money I had left, so I made it happen. There you go. I like it. I, um, we, it looks like we're only going to have one player the same today. Um, Good. I mentioned CEH. But I'm, I'm going to be talking about a Cowboy, too, so we'll get into that. Let me get into my lineup, and then we can touch on that Cowboys-Giants game if you want. Okay. Um, I, I like your lineup there. I, I specifically like the Antonio Gibson pick. Um, he scored in three straight weeks. They're starting to get him involved. We talked about that, and that price point was uh, too too good to pass up for, for you there. Yeah. All right, so my quarterback. I'm going with your quarterback, Jimmy G. The welcome back, Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. I like Jimmy G here <laughs> against the Dolphins at 5,500. I wanted to go cheap at quarterback because I went heavy elsewhere. So at 5,500, I think um, with Miami, they're going to be forced to pass. I think they'll probably, you know, keep it close for a while, force the Niners to throw a little bit and maybe get some big plays from Debo Samuel, uh, the rookie Brendan Ayuk, and then George Kittle. So I went 5,500 with Jimmy G. Uh, I, too, went Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think this price point was way too low. Man. 6,800 6, was a steal. I'm um, going against that Las Vegas uh, defense. 
They've been giving up a ton of points to running backs, so I went with C-A-E-H as well. Be the last in the league. Yeah, I went I went heavy at running back. I, I spent at running back with the values of point or the price point was just too too good. I also went Ezekiel Elliott against the New York Giants. Um seventy eight hundred. Like He's the second most targeted running back in the league. Um, which is, you know, which is good to see because if they start giving him the carries to go along with it, um, he, he's obviously a guy that produces. I went Zeke there. Uh, receiver, we talked about him. I went Robbie Anderson for 5,900 against Atlanta. Um, Teddy Bridgewater seems to have a connection with them. I, th- I think it continues. I think they're going to be forced to score because I think Atlanta will score. So I went Robbie Anderson there. I went DJ Chark against Houston. Um, really like that Minshew Chark connection. Uh, when he's healthy, Shark's been putting up good fantasy numbers. So I went fifty or sixty five hundred with DJ Shark. Uh, my sleeper, I went thirty seven hundred. Dontrell Inman in Washington. Ooh, okay. And I, 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 we talked about Terry McLaurin being locked up by Jalen Ramsey possibly. And um, I just like, I just like the play through. I, I think, I think Dontrell Inman's going to score uh, a touchdown in this game. I, I think, uh, I think he's going to produce. And I got him cheap, right? So yeah. Uh, my my other cheap play at tight end was at tight end, and that's Dan Arnold. Um, with Arizona, I think he, you know, I'm just looking for an average game here, right? I'm not looking for anything special because I spent heavy at running back. So I, I looked the guy down on the list and I went with Dan Ardle. He has the potential for maybe he scores, um, looks at six to seven targets and and does some work there. And then my flex is James Robinson. We talked about it. Houston's defense yep. is poor against the run. James Robinson at 6,700. As I said, I spent heavy at running back. And I went with Pittsburgh's defense against Philly nice. off a of bye week. So uh, that's my lineup. I'm looking to go two and zero. I'm pretty nope. sure I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. So <laughs> can't happen, man. Fire it up. Though Logan Thomas is the receiving threat there. A cheap, cheap tight end. That's what I was. I had him in the lineup. Um, I I thought that would be a good play this week, as you mentioned, because uh, Terry McLaurin's obviously going to be in a little bit of trouble this week. But uh, I do like the play there in and on a little reach, man. I I, I can see I him did, doing I, work, man. I didn't want to do. Uh, I didn't want to do Logan Thomas and Inman. That's too many Redskins in the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> let's be, let's be <laughs> honest. For a Cowboy fan, man, we got one minute on the clock. So talk a little bit about this Cowboys Giants game before we head off. Um, I, you know, is it going to be the bounce back game for the Cowboys defense or the Giants offense? Right. Uh, Cowboys defense has been the worst in the league. Giants have only scored three offensive touchdowns I, I see the Giants offense getting right here I really like Darius Slayton in this game uh, Cowboys secondary is poor they do get Anthony Brown back which should help but let's be honest he's Anthony Brown um, he's not a great corner but he should help um, and then I think Dak continues to do what Dak's been doing I think he puts up a huge uh, volume huge game and then the receivers in Dallas with CD Lamb Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper I think you fire them all up yeah and obviously my play, Evan Ingram on the Giants side, man, hopefully did not let me down. And my fantasy team, this is the last week I trust you, but I think I like Evan Ingram in this spot. Not a lot of passing options there for the Giants. And if he's getting the ball out quick, hopefully Daniel Jones sees him. Obviously, they're going to be throwing the rock a lot this game. It's going to happen. They're going to have to put up points to win, so I like it. That does it for this week's episode of the Lineup Setters with Justin Henry, Aaron Mukes. Be sure to check us out every Sunday here on the Landry Football Network, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Justin Henry, Aaron Mukes signing off for the Lineup Setters. Peace out.